Hi, everybody. Welcome to Nick Flanagan Weekly. I am here in a common space doing the intro, surrounded by life, love, happiness, anxiety, screens, and of course, air surrounding me on all sides, air. And uh, this is an interview episode, but I want to do a quick gratitude list. It's really just one thing, air. I'm very thankful for air. Uh, I'm a little bit bummed that the air has germs, but in general, we do need air. So thank you, air, for being around. Welcome to Nick Flanagan Weekly. I am Nick. This is Nick Flanagan Weekly, aka NFW, if you're trying to save a little bit of time by doing an acronym. I have a guest named Mike Gribben today. Mike is a longstanding part of my life. I was in a band called The Killer Elite with him. I was even in a band called Burning with him. You'll hear about that in the interview. And uh, he's done so much cool stuff. Uh, he has a very uh, broad range of, of things to talk about with me because he's always been someone I've talked to about movies, music, politics. He's driving Uber right now, so we even get into some of the Uber uh, doings in quarantine. And... Uh, most importantly, at the moment, he's got a band called Beast Music uh, that sounds just great. And they have a new album called Darkness Only Knows. And you can pick that up at beastmusic.bandcamp.com. And if you look up Beast Music Band, they're on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. So do that. Listen to Darkness Only Knows. And if you donate $25 to a charity particularly uh, mental health charities during COVID, but anything relating to the current crisis, uh, he will send you their lovely vinyl for free. So uh, that's a way you can get a record as well as helping out people. Anyway, here's the talk with Mike. I hope you enjoy it. We go in a million directions as usual, and hopefully you like that. So without any further ado... Here is my interview with Sweet Mike G of Beast Music. But uh, I gotta ask, like Ubering people, are you taking people to parties? I don't know. It's tough. It's tough to say where I'm taking people. Sometimes it's very easy because I'm picking them up from the grocery store a lot of the time to take mm. their groceries to their house. I pick up people who have just finished their shift at the hospital and take them to their house. But then there's other people who are going, I don't fucking know where, somewhere. I picked up a lot. I, no, I don't want to say a lot. I have to be careful about how I phrase this. <laughs> I picked up a number of escorts, like people who are just like saying, like, I'm going to my client's place and la da 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 da. So that's still happening. Um, well, that, you know, that would be, I'd be really surprised if that weren't happening yeah. even more than usual. You know, yeah, like I mean, you know, and when I say it, like I mean, like a handful of people, but people like who are dressed much nicer than everybody else is dressed right now, with uh, much and lots of, I have to say, some some bizarre perfume choices as well. But anyways, yeah, so lots of stuff is still happening. I've I, I've been confused uh, lately because it seems to me like the sex workers dress like normal ladies, and the normal ladies dress like sex workers. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's always the case. When I say the sex worker look, I mean, you know, kind of like joggy bottoms. I was about to say, yeah, some some track pants and stuff like that. Yeah. Definitely in a couple of cases. 
And now I can't confirm that a hundred percent. I shouldn't say, I can't confirm that each person that I'm believing to be a sex worker is because I didn't ask for their, you know, membership cards. I just just got in the chat. In the chat that we had, that would be the impression I get. Maybe they're um, Uber Eats. Mm. (laughs) Maybe. Hey, oh. Yeah, I actually saw a disturbing, I will tell you, like, it's not a disturbing scene, but I dropped a woman at at this place. And and so it was like a glass front to the uh, building. And then the man came out and he uh, gave me a tip in cash and then walked the woman and I could see the elevator open. And he had taken her top off by the time the elevator doors had closed. So I actually revealed part of the, I mean, I didn't reveal anything. I actually saw some, some, some bizarre stuff. I've seen lots of bizarre things, Nick. Um, do you think that we're going to be okay, given how already it's nice out and everybody is sort of out in a boot? Well, I, I, I don't know how qualified I am to say that we're going to be okay. I think <laughs> there are a lot of people out and about. You and I talked about this. On Saturday, it was so nice, and I drove all day long Ubering, and I saw many many people in groups playing like i saw frisbee games and whatever and i get it man like you know or it's I guess really I hard i guess yeah. you know like i can't it, you feel i feel you know parts of my brain like immediately start firing and i'm really like judgmental and like are you fucking kidding me you know mm. what i mean but then other parts are like oh, like nobody knows Nobody knows 100% what the exact right way is to deal with all this. Stuff. No, so, I mean, that's I don't true. think playing Frisbee with your friends is the right way necessarily at this point, but, you know. Yeah, I think that it's a, it's just a strange situation, and I do get it that people would be uh, freaking out or whatever, but, you know, and then the U.S. having some reopening would be maybe something that would make Canadians sort of cop copy that yeah for sure and then then also parts of canada are you know rolling out their plans like quebec is going to start right like they're they're giving people the option of sending their kids back to school so Mm -hmm. you know there's in september in september right september okay i didn't i i can't i can't keep track of every news bit i uh, i'll confuse certain things i have to talk about the premier of quebec do you know that guy He's a Frenchman. Legault. Legault. His his English is interesting. Uh, is yeah. fascinating. He that accent is just the thickest. Like the the pronunciation of certain words is is wild. Is I, like I mean, <laughs> when I hear it, I wonder sometimes. I'm just like, does this guy actually know how to pronounce the words? But he's just doing it to stick it to the English speaking people. Do you yeah. believe that's possible? Well, I do. Think <laughs> I, I don't know if it's really true. Quebecois yeah. people are very proud of their a- accent, <laughs> and yeah. and when they speak English, it's. I actually like the way the sort of Quebec people do English. <laughs> you do, do you? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I dislike it. I'm just saying the thought runs through my mind. Like, do like are these do each one of these words actually weigh like between 10 and 30 pounds in this guy's mouth and it's very difficult to get them out like you know what i mean and and you know what i'm sure my french would be awful if i had to actually attempt it but anyways that's that's my impression of uh, what i've heard from 
Krebrek Premier. Now, Mike, uh, yeah. I, I also need to talk about Democracy Now! for a second, one of our shared right. news sources. Yes. Um, now, did you ever, did you listen to the episode about last week? Now, Amy Goodman, what they do is hilarious. In Wait, you're going to talk about the, from the epicenter? Did I talk to you about, about this that? already? You uh, did talk a little bit, but you didn't talk on a podcast about it. Well, so first of all, you know, it's gone from the War and Peace report to the yeah. quarantine report, which it I has, think is yep. funny. It has. And yeah. then, and then she'll go, she always is like, I'm coming. We're from New York City, the epicenter of the pandemic, and then she, yep. and then she'll be like, "I'm about to talk to Juan Gonzalez, my co-anchor, who is in New Jersey, the second epicenter yeah. of of the pandemic." There's and a lot of emphasis. Was, yeah. Then, as I guess I told you, she was talking about you know Queens or something, and she's just mm. like. Here in Queens, the epicenter of the epicenter. Yes. The word epicenter is dead. nobody's sparing that word on democracy now. I love democracy now. I, I like I do. I just I I, I hey, me know. too. I feel good about that news. I don't know. I hope I'm not naive, but I, I like that news source. Um Yeah, me too. Yeah. Even and, have... but yes, there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of uh yeah. There's a lot of humor to it. I, I yeah. like. I feel like Democracy Now! out of a lot of news sources is on a fairly shoestring budget compared to yeah. a lot of other places. And I actually like it about that. Like, yeah. Amy Goodman stumbles over words. She, she definitely does. Yeah. You know what she's not doing right now? No. Coughing. Did you, there was like a year period where she was choking <laughs> on half the words that she was saying. She just... She's like, you know, and another <clears throat> new, <clears throat> you know, that kind of shit and sucking back water. Uh, that seems to have disappeared. Um, yeah, I think she probably got cured, you know, at the beginning of so, COVID. Yeah. Or, just, uh, yeah, exactly. Maybe she got like, you know, you can scare people to stop their hiccups. Well, maybe this scared <laughs> her and stopped the goddamn persistent cough. I just like it because it's. It's somewhat unbiased in a weird way, but she has a personal bias that she's really not afraid to make clear all the time. Like, she's yeah. just like, you know, Donald Trump did this and it's dangerous. Yes. And, you know, yeah. uh, and and so, and she doesn't really say it in that same smug know-it-all thing that, like, other media people do. It just sounds like no. she's just not afraid to editorialize. When, when she is from. doing the editorial... So I'm sorry for talking over you. I, no, but you're when, supposed to. But I'm going to do it. Yeah. When she's editorializing, you know, and when she's emphasizing certain words, like when she says, like, and in fact is the most something, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? She yeah. speaks it, again, not in a smug way like you were saying, but as if, like, when she's saying it, she's still incredulous that she yes. actually has to That's say, her move, is her this has just happened, like, you know? Yeah. And in fact, no one has ever. Whatever. She also says stuff, like, where she kind of leaves you open to, uh, open to interpret how she feels about yeah. it. Like, the other day she was talking about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yes. And uh, she was like, she gave an impassioned defense holding her mask. Yes, <laughs> in her hands as she gave it. And you're like, holding, you mad? Her She's mask. holding the mask, her or did she, did she have worn the mask and been like, yeah. gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess that's. We yeah. are on the cusp of a big change. Is that, are you being Bane? She's basically 
good Bane. No, but are you being Bane? Because I know yes. you like to do a yes. Bane impersonation yes, frequently. Because the millionaires and billionaires have been standing <laughs> too long, wondering. <laughs> So I I agree with you. Is she supposed to wear? No, she can't wear. You can't wear your mask and give an impassioned speech. You could. Yeah. But it would be, there'd be a lot less passion. Do you Uber with a mask? I do not. Would would I? Yes. Yes. If it were, if that were the recommendation, then yes, I would. But here's what I do. I don't let anybody sit in the passenger seat with me. Hell yeah. Nobody. And so many people, single riders, still go to get into the front seat. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. Like, I literally, I've said that. Like, just like, no, 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 no. Has uh, anyone, and then, mm-hmm. yeah, has sorry. anyone come guess. in, has anyone yeah. come into the passenger side and then, like, turned to you and said, do you mind if I blow these bubbles? I bought a bubble blower. <laughs> I just want to, no, <laughs> I got to inflate some balloons over here. <laughs> no, a, a, up until this point, no. Would you like to hear what did happen the other night? Of course. Okay, so I pick up this lady, right? So I go, I'm going to quickly tell you this because I actually find it funny mm-hmm. and sad, mainly funny. So I go, I pull up to the address because the app says to the address, right? And I mm-hmm. push a button that says, it sends an immediate instant message. I've arrived. Right. And I wait. And finally, I get a thing back that says, I'm standing here. I can't see you. And I say, I'm at this address. And they're like, oh, we're not at this address. We're at this, you know. So the lady Mm -hmm. calls me and she's drunk, I I believe. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. This other, you know, my friend put the wrong address in. So I drive about 10 minutes to the right address. I Mm -hmm. pick her up. She and her friend are standing on, you know, the top. Like there's a little flight of stairs up to her her apartment, like her her house. Mm -hmm. Her friend turns around to walk down and falls down the stairs. And then mm-hmm. she runs down and is attending to her. And I didn't get out of the car because I don't want to touch anybody right now. You know what I mean? And <laughs> so she's saying, oh, she's okay. She's just a crazy bitch. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> so this lady gets in the car and she goes, sir, just, you know, I'm not, I am not the drunk one. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, what's going on? She's like, can I change the address? And I was like, sure. You know, so now instead of going to wherever, we're going to Etobicoke. And I was like, okay. And she's like, I can't change it on my phone. Can I give you cash? Sure. Halfway through, she goes, sir, we're going to pick up cocaine. And I was like, <laughs> okay. So, you know, and she's like, that crazy bitch back there, she's so drunk that she needs the cocaine to get feel better. And I was like, great. So we pull up and then she says, sir, do you see any police officers? And I said, no. And she said, if you do, I'll suck all their dicks. And I said, mm. hmm. And so then she, I took her to an ATM she took out a bunch of money and when i went to drop her off she said she would pay cash mm-hmm. for the you know because she couldn't fix this direction thing and she literally got out the door and said sweetie i only have enough for the cocaine and then she walked away so i was sitting in etobicoke um many kilometers removed from being paid correctly nick that's the whole story uh so lots of wacky shit on that are, are uber giving you any incentives in this situation no what they Uber promised at the beginning, they they sent an email that just said, we will send you a box of hand sanitizer. Just tell us the address. I gave them the address. Nothing came. They sent me a one bottle of um, spray sanitizer stuff. And that's yeah. it. So no cool. incentives. No. Well, you know, uh, 
conserve that. I am. Well, I'm using it. I am using it, my friend. Anyways, yeah. So this is like, a, yeah, it's a weird time, man. And it's, it's nice like, to see you. It's nice to see you too. You look very yeah. crisp. You have a very good phone. Thank you. You look very crisp as well. Do I? I? Can see, or where are you? Are you at your home? No, are you at I'm Sarah's at, place. Yes. Um. Cool. I'm just in her bedroom. You know. Hmm. Yes, I can see some of her clothing hung up behind you. She's doing God knows what out there. Hmm. Yes. Well, uh, you find out later. Get a detailed. A detailed. She knows, uh, what. she knows what. She knows what. Yes. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So I'm driving. Nobody sits in the front seat, even though they want to. Blah 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 blah. You're dealing with crazy drivers, crazy yep. food yep. runs. People saying, "Oh, drive through the McDonald's drive-through, please." I have done that. Yeah, yes, a, I have that's driven a big through. Uber move. That is a big Uber move. Like, sir, would you mind stopping at the McDonald's drive-in? And I say, "All right." So, yeah. yeah. Are you buying uh, takeout food? I am too much takeout food. Yes, too much takeout food. Um, yeah, are you? A little bit. It's yeah. we kind of broke the seal last week. You uh, did, did you? Yeah. So you know, it's just been more of a thing in the following week. So you know. Uh, yeah, I had a delicious uh, little small pizza last night, and I enjoyed it very much. Mm, tiny pizzas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was tiny. It was just the right size. But yeah, anyways, yes. Sometimes I am doing that. Would you like to know what my schedule is? Yes. I wake up at 12.30, I eat mm. a meal, I have a coffee and a cigar, mm. I then jump in my car and I start trying to make a certain amount of money, a threshold that I like to get to every day. At about 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. Eastern Standard Time, I come home, I have the exact same meal again, mm-hmm. the, exact, a ha- the other half of the cigar that I saw it in half in the morning, mm-hmm. another cup of coffee, mm-hmm. and then I go out and do the same thing until I make the amount of money that I want. Then... I go to my rehearsal space, practice drums, and do some exercise. That's my day. That's a good day. It's okay. I mean, dude, it could be worse. Like, I'm lucky, man. Like, I am lucky that I have this car to make some money in during this time. So, because as you're aware, I live in a room. So, if the other choice is being in the room. Yeah. Or So, I'm glad. Like, glad is not the word. I'm just happy to have something that is still considered a, a... an acceptable thing to be doing with my time. Yes, you are uh, part of the frontline workers that are constantly being saluted. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it, well, I, I'm definitely driving a lot of frontline workers around. So that's, you know, and chatting. So that's nice. I like it. I like, well, I just like do, I actually just like doing this because I like driving around and not having a boss. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's always been, when was the last time you had a boss? uh many many years ago yeah so yes uh <laughs> probably around 2013 was the last time i had a proper boss um and and since then at job interviews now people might not know this but you have a lot of tattoos i do yes Cur- currently you just have two visible tattoos well i can yes. only see one but i know you have yes another. they're on they're, your face they are yeah one is a skull the other looks like a waypoint marker they're both skulls you dick uh yeah yes i do have a lot of tattoos i have them on the palms of my hand i have them everywhere yeah and you told me sorry go on no you tell me what i told you well you have told me in the past every once in a while you'll have a moment of economic anxiety Mm -hmm. uh, and you'll say (laughs) 
oh, I, I'm going to get a job now. Or not even just, you know, and then you go and you're like, oh, I went to the job and then the interview and then the, the person, I could oh, yeah. just see their oh, yeah. hearts sink, you know, as soon as they looked at me. So interestingly enough, um, yes, since I've had the, the tattoos on my face, which was, I guess, since 2017 yeah. um, or 20, early 2018, I, uh, yes, I've, I've had exactly two job interviews and <laughs> one of them was with Purolator and right. that that lady was just like I yeah when I sat down I was just like don't even bother asking anything like she just <laughs> looked at me and then was yeah and looked again and was just like you know she basically just <laughs> exhaled she like robotically asked the questions and then like I walked away and never heard from her again so anyway yeah. and then I had one with Canada Post right. with an older this funny older lady from the maritimes mm -hmm. and she basically after about three minutes was just like she was looking at the question she just goes look honey do you want the job or not and i said sure and she was like okay cool and then she was just like yeah i'll just fill out the answers kind of like what i did for you as if you you might remember when i hired you many years ago at Ticketmaster, oh. but you didn't do the interview <laughs> i wrote all your answers for you and then you just got the job so that's what this lady did for me and i appreciated it and then i went home and i was like I don't want to do that job right now because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it. So, but to, to be clear, though, I mean, no, I don't need to clear my name here. I have, I have, uh, I have for most of all that time always had some a means of income. So, no, I'm not yeah. saying that yeah. at yeah. all. I'm just no, 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 saying, no, I'm you just don't saying like, so boss. the people don't think I'm like independently wealthy, just sitting on this pile of money, going like, no, I won't do that, and I won't no. do that, and then I'll put tattoos on my face, so I don't, so I can't do this and that. That's a really wild idea. I never thought of the yeah. children of rich people getting face tattoos in order to yeah, so like, limit well, yeah. their... But didn't Tom Hanks' or... son potentially do that? Chet? Chet? Chet Hayes? Chet Hayes, yeah. You know, if I were I don't know. I'm just to believe that coronavirus was some sort of conspiracy, the whole Tom yeah. Hanks thing would be my... Yeah. Exhibit A. <laughs> <laughs> it would, would it? Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. What about you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you like Boris Johnson's hair? Yeah, it reminds me of, uh, you know, like, um, like a villain. Like the hair, only the hair reminds me of like some <laughs> sort of Star Trek villain. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like on a wire, just kind of floating around, harassing Uru. <laughs> Um, but I Uhuru um, isn't that her name? I think maybe, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't remember, man. I wasn't a huge, huge fan, so I don't. I'm not gonna. Um, but yeah, do you think his head, his head, his hair looks like Ed Sheeran's hair? Uh, I'd have to take a look. Pop at Ed star Sheeran's Ed Sheeran. Hair. Yeah, he's got some really good songs. And... Does he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my god! All right, all right. If you say so. Anyways, yes. Um, and I've had a lot, yeah, I mean, look, yeah, whatever. With regards to the tattoo thing is like, yeah, I mean, I I did it to myself. And now and now I hear about it every time I go to an airport or the border to go to the United States or right. a job interview or wherever. Unless it's Canada Post, who kindly yeah. offered to hire me again this week. Like yeah, they really need the, people. Yeah, There's yeah. even more marijuana being delivered than ever, probably. I, there and, probably is. There's more of everything being they delivered. They had a hiring freeze. and uh, Not yeah. a freeze. A hiring spree. Hiring. When, called a hiring thaw. A hiring thaw. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Um, I, I, how does Joe Public... Uh, mm. How will they, Joe Public <laughs> be, yeah. be accepted by uh, 
uh, sorry, be affected by the economy being bad. Because I'm trying to figure it out. You know, mm -hmm. like remember in 2008 when there was that American uh, recession? I do. Yes. What happened to that? I think in that one, I mean, I like guess what it just didn't hit Canada. No, no, not like it did there. And I think like the big takeaway that you kind of still get from that one or hear from that one is just the like that, just that visceral anger that like, you know, all the people with the most money got more money, like got, you know, got the big bailouts. And that seems to be happening now. Right. Like, yeah. you know, <clears throat> and I don't know, again, like I just drawing from anecdotal experience on my part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I picked up a lot of people who just own small businesses and are just debating whether like, you know, I picked up the owner of a nightclub like that you and I have both performed at many times. And mm -hmm. he essentially said, you know, um, I don't think I can reopen after this. Like if it lasts even just a couple more months, I, you know, I'm using my savings to pay for my rent and my landlord's yeah. nice and he's dropped my rent by 50%. But, you know, well, it's how like, am I supposed to do this? Canada you know? did put in this good thing that's like a 75%, you know, wage subsidy for small business yeah. owners and their employees. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't really impact the problem you're talking about which is yeah. like rent. I mean, whatever. I, I think live performance is going to be uh, on break for a while. Eh? I believe so. Yeah. And then we're I talking, so of, you know, how's Kathy Griffin going to survive? That I haven't thought about. If she gets all. COVID, <laughs> how is she going to survive? Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't picture. know. Paint me a picture of her, her treatment for COVID. Good Lord. Um, Jesus Christ. I don't know, man. Like, probably somewhere. In, I don't know. I think she's had treatments for lots of stuff, right? Yeah, she... script treatments. hey -o. Um, Yeah, how is Joe Public going to be affected? I don't know, man. I know that. I don't know. I mean, I, let, let, how about this? What if mm -hmm. people actually are, like, mad after this and then people who work in, like, the home that my mom lives in actually get, like, benefits? That would be cool. I mean, I. this is such a far-ranging problem that yeah. I can't see anything but people, you know, fighting for, like, what they need to survive. And, I, I mean, I, my take on it is, I don't know if it's defeatist. It's just, like, mm. in the U.S., people are trying to go, oh, we'll reopen. Everyone will participate yeah. in the economy. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe in the short term. But then if this kind of thing hits, I mean, I like, I'm just... I know we none of us know really anything about this, but part of yeah. me thinks, why would this be like a three-month pandemic if, you know, I guess maybe it'll disappear over the summer, but okay, doesn't... Maybe, but like, maybe not. I, yeah. I, I think that's the whole thing. Even just discussing this at all is like, everything is just us opining about everything, right? Like, it's just like, yeah, that's what I think. You know, well, I brought you on the podcast as a SARS yeah. expert yeah. <laughs> from Toronto, the hometown yeah, of I went SARS. To, I went to SARS. Oh, yeah, you SARS. went to that. I did. Yeah, when SARS happened, yeah. they celebrated by uh, having a massive <laughs> concert where yeah. like a million people went. And I have to say that it never even crossed my mind for a second that that might be a bad idea after a <laughs> pandemic. That <laughs> pandemic 
was so far removed from my brain and my life. Like that's, that's what I remember too in my like brain. It, it, it's like it didn't exist. Like it was just like, oh, that's too bad for somebody yeah. at the time. But, you know, and then like, of course, like uh, it's been over for X amount of time. Let's all smash together and watch Rush and the yeah. Rolling Stones, Justin Timberlake Run and DMC. ACDC, Run right. DMC. Uh, yeah, let's just smash together and do that and drink beer all over each other. So, yeah, yeah I don't know, man. Like that one... <laughs> That one was like, it was that one, that, that pandemic was almost like hearsay to me. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I realized that odd? people, I realized that people like were affected, but it was just, it's not, this, it's just incomparable to this. That's just completely. Well, H1N1 different. was the same. My fr- I have a friend who got it, you know. Yeah, but that was on purpose though, right? Yeah, well, he was a bug chaser, as they call it. Okay, him. no, I'm sorry. I'm joking. I know that wasn't on purpose. So no, you he, know somebody who got that? I know nobody. Swine flu. Yeah. And it was uh, really wow. not good. But yeah. I didn't know any other people who got swine flu or nope. anyone's parents got swine flu. Okay. But then when I looked at the numbers from the U.S., a lot of people died from swine flu. Oh, well, I never looked at the numbers. No. And I still don't. And Okay, yeah. So, But that's the thing. Like, I, like think back. So in the month of December, mm-hmm. I was in New, New Zealand for that month. Yes. And, you know, still watching Democracy Now! or listening to it or whatever. And, that, mm-hmm. and I'd hear the stuff about, like, Wuhan. And my thought yeah. was like, oh, that's really too bad for those guys. Like, that's, that's you know, that must be hard. And with zero degrees of, of and that was as far as my thought went. You know what I mean? Yeah. I ne- like, are you the type of person who hears about something like that and goes like, like oh, I hope that doesn't happen to us. Like, cause I just, it's this, because so few like weighty things have happened to us, at least here living in Ontario, you know, and if, you know, you can point to a number of things that have been difficult, but like, just, it's just, it was beyond my, it was beyond my imagination. I think it was only like maybe end of, February, mid February. Yeah. I was working at a, a you know, like public space. So at oh, some right. point yeah. we instituted, you know, these sort of paltry mm-hmm. pandemic response <laughs> things. They were like, Did they refer to them the as counters? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> we, wipe we, the counters down. Yeah. We've enabled some paltry uh, yeah. <laughs> responses. We'd like you to yeah. execute. With, uh, Why do they talk like that? Prejudice. That's <laughs> weird that they talk like that at, at hello employees. Yeah. Guess what? Yeah. I hope you what? like wiping surfaces. Yeah. By the way, you. How did you like wiping surfaces? I'm crazy for it. Yeah. It makes good. me feel like I'm accomplishing something to knock some crumbs into a sink. <laughs> Speaking of crumbs, listen to this. This guy got into the damn car the other day Uh with a mask and gloves on Uh and then proceeded to try to, like, ram a Big Mac underneath the (laughs) goddamn mask. And and I just, I was just like, oh, excuse me. And he's like, "Mm mm-hmm. I was like, would you mind not eating in the car? And he goes, why? And I was like, like, because I just don't want all your food all over the place. I don't drive with a, what do you call it, vacuum cleaner. And I don't want somebody else to sit in your sesame seed bun. You know what I mean? Anyways. This is like that was my battle against crumbs. Yeah, crumbs are bad. But yeah. look, what? you're let I'm trying to I gotta rein this podcast into I mean I'm loving talking yeah. about this. I just don't want yes. people to think you're uh this is an interview about Uber with my Uber driving <laughs> friend. Why not? Which it is, which is important too. It's an interesting can you experience. Cut a bunch of stuff. Do you cut your podcasts up? 
We do, but I mean, you know, it's we tend to keep a lot of the conversation because the whole thing is like not supposed to be necessarily a deep dive into I'm a not specific here. topic. I'm not here to promote my new book, is basically. No, you're here to promote your new album by Beast yes. Music, the band that you drum in, you provide vocals, you yeah. do some songwriting in it. Would you I say do. would you do the bulk of it or I would say I do um, 45, no, 40% of it. And then my songwriting partner, Frances Gregory, does that. She does the bulk of the, like, the lyrics and stuff like that. Yeah. So, and she's yeah. like a 13 year old girl, right? <laughs> she is not. She's a little older than that. However, so do you want me to quickly tell you why I'm in a band with like somebody who, who could be my kid's age? Yes. You, do you want to know this? Me? Well, Mm-hmm. Well, you tell no. You ask me questions, and then I'll tell you. Well, I'll tell you answers. Tell so me what Beast you would like. Music, you, know. you did this thing. You got your band. We were, of course, in this band called Killer Elite. Of course, we were. I mean, I don't know, of course, but like that was a. Hmm. Well, uh, you. It's of course to you and I. Yes, and before yeah. that, we were in a Stooges cover band. That's how it all started. Yep. That was called yes. the White Gold All Stars. It was called point, the White Gold All Stars initially yeah. with three vocalists. Yes. Yeah. And how that many was with shows? Simon Oates as well, right? Yes, of uh, Starkweather and the Exploder is a great, yeah. great vocalist. Out of awesome vocalist, yeah. Humongous fucking head. Humongous head. head. Humongous he's, he's hair. He's got giant hair and a big yeah. head. Well, I feel bad saying he has a big, big head because the next thing I was going to say is, and he has two children who look exactly like him. One they do. They look, they fucking look exactly like So do you want to hear something funny about his head? Yes. So one time he and myself and some other people drove to, I, I think, Chicago to see, I can't remember, the Jesus Lizard or something. Mm-hmm. And on the way back, I sat behind him. He was sitting in the passenger seat. I was sitting in the back. I had a piece of paper that I tore up into like hundreds of tiny little balls of paper and put them in that humongous nest of hair of his. Uh-huh. And when he got out, he just walked down the, the street waving. And there was just like the wind was blowing and it looked like his fucking head was snowing. And it was hilarious. And I had probably cried laughing. So that's, that's, that's about his head. He's got a big head. joy he brought you. Also, the, yes. he entertained me once because I think we were somewhere and there was like a novelty giant ear. You know, those types yeah. of things. And he held <laughs> yeah. it up. He held it yeah. up. He didn't put it to his ear. He just held it yeah. up and said, Ears to you. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like And it, that, he has a weird speaking voice as well. Well, he's like an interesting a little bit speaking. like this a little bit, but not quite. But he's got this. There's a delay. Delay that happened. Oh. Yes. It's very soothing, right? Well, he's Here's uh, to all, you. The, all the people I know who are not from downtown Toronto yeah. seem, they all seem like they did like a million tabs of acid as teenagers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because I guess like, there was I, nothing else to well, do. He's from Oshawa, right? Like he's from Oshawa. I'm from Pickering. Um, you know, and yeah, I think that, I mean, that, that wasn't my particular deal, but I think that from a lot of the weird bands that are from those spots uh, during that time. Yeah. I think that's true. Do you think if we gave all the world leaders acid, would that be good yeah. or bad? Um, I. <laughs> That's Bolsonaro. I, gonna, what's Bolsonaro way. on acid going to look like? Good Lord, man. I, I Here's what I can tell you. If I were a world leader on acid, mm-hmm. that would be my last day ever of doing anything. If I ever had to do acid again, I would just, I would crumple. I would crumple, Nick. I wouldn't thrive. 
Yeah, it crumples. It would be a mass, a mass. It would be the mass transit incident. Do you remember the mass transit incident? No. You don't know New Jack, New Jack from ECW. New right. Jack, the professional wrestler. Yes, uh, two incident. justifiable homicides on yes. his record. Former bounty Matt, hunter. Former b- bounty hunter. Um, a guy who... Li- okay, mass transit. Quick story. Do you want to hear this? Of course. Okay, so he, he came into an ECW show. He was like 17 years old. He pretended that he'd had a bunch of matches. And... You know, they let him on because he was oh, huge. Oh, yeah, was about I remember pounds. this story. Yeah. Yes, so New Jack's, here's New Jack's um, justification for what he ended up doing to this young man, <laughs> was that the guy came up to him and said, here's what I want to do in the match, instead of asking the reverse, like, what would you like me to do, sir? So he went out with a surgical blade, like mm-hmm. an actual scalpel, and yeah. cut the kid's forehead open all the way across. That required The, the blood loss was insane. The kid's father was there who was a, uh, you know, I don't know, a guy <laughs> who tried to, I don't know. The N-word was thrown around a lot. There was lawsuits. That would be, yeah. I don't think of the, yeah, mass transit. Just some more description of uh, New Jack for those who don't know. New, J- New Jacks for New Jack uh, would yeah. be, New Jack was a wrestler. He kind of had a Master P kind of look. Well, he had he wore like a lot of No Limit Soldier shirts. Yeah, he kind of dressed like a yeah. No Limit Soldier from. Yeah. Uh, and he came out because we saw. I don't know how many times you saw him wrestle. I think a I few, saw him wrestle yeah. twice. Yeah, and uh, with ECW, we went to ECW once was like with ECW. Yeah. with you, we went to Buffalo and we saw yeah. this really, really, really insane match in a basketball arena. Yeah, first of all, like he comes out and. The song well, Natural Born Killers yes. by Ice Cube and Dr. Dre starts yes. playing. And the whole thing and is, during the period of, of the match, it never stops playing. It never ends. <laughs> He's the only person who has a soundtrack for the entire match. And it was insane. And, and it just creates point, this atmosphere of chaos. because And those shows were chaos. Like, that like, show that you and I were at was that chaos. That was chaos. The whole thing is, he wasn't the type of wrestler who just, like, goes into the ring. And ECW wasn't that kind of a, a feder- wrestling federation. No. ECW, the whole thing was, like, however a match starts, yeah. uh, like, the rules... The technical rules besides one, two, three are probably out yeah. the window. And for, like, for a so lot like, of it, yeah. yeah. Like for a lot of that really violent stuff, that's how it was like. It was yeah. just so he, he comes yeah. out, he starts yeah. beating up the guy, like, you know, Vic probably Grimes. the dressing room or something. Yeah. Yes. And then eventually it would uh just get to the point. So the song is playing and it gets to the point where he goes on basically the highest thing possible. Yeah, and jumps which was on the basketball the guy. Match, right? Like in this particular game, up. it was a thing. It was yeah, like a regulation size basketball net. <laughs> he got up to the top of the net and then jumped off. But the other thing was that was so crazy was he like there was no like ring. There was no fight in the ring. So they were fighting throughout the arena yeah. and the entire uh, throughout the hall and the entire crowd was just following yes. the match. 
I'm like, I'm picturing it just like you are right now. And it was like just a sea was following a magnet, you know? Yeah, it was like dancing the horror at, at Jewish weddings or something. And then, yeah. yeah, he climbs the basketball thing and like sets up like whatever, six tables or something. Yeah. And just yeah. crashes through all the tables on yeah. top of the guy. And you watch it at that time and it was just like very common to think, Oh, did he just kill that guy? About yeah. lots of different matches. Yeah, 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 yeah. Particularly his stuff because he was, yeah. you know, I don't know. I uh, like sometimes purposefully wrecked. Yeah, he wasn't a technically amazing wrestler. He was just someone no. who was willing to. But he made people. So I don't know if you know this, and I, I actually, you know, I'm just going to mention this because it's fascinating. But he came out of Jim Cornette's Smoky Mountain wrestling, right? Right. So Smoky Mountain was down in the South. Uh, uh, a lot of the, the, the good guys, like uh, the Southern boys and guys like that, would come out with the Confederate flag. Like the good guys had the Confederate flag. And so mm -hmm. let's, if that mm -hmm. sets the stage. So New Jack comes as part of the tag team called the Gangsters with a right. guy named, yeah. Um, yeah, Mustafa, well, I remember the Mustafa other guy. Mustafa Saeed. Right. Mustafa Saeed, yeah. Um, and they would come out and basically like they would come out with like nooses around their neck. They would come out with dead, like, with not dead, but little plastic white babies with little nooses around their neck and hold them up. <laughs> and the crowd was like, you, you can't, you can imagine that this at in early the 1990s in rural, rural Southern United States. And he would do promos like, uh, like there's a famous one right after the OJ Simpson, uh, incidents where he just like where he thanked oj on tv for getting rid of two more white people like that's wow. two down you know what i mean and people were so angry like so like just beside themselves with anger and yeah. so that's where he started was down there and then he moved up to ecw and that's what you and i are talking about and yeah and then he cut a guy's forehead open with a goddamn scalpel and it's See? a horrific scene to watch this is yeah i thing. still laugh why yes. do i laugh I, I don't laugh. know. I, I laugh because the guy shouldn't have said he was 17, and I'm not justifying this, but... I think that it's just uh, people who enjoy wrestling, you know. Yes. Uh, yeah. They're just... Uh, there's there's a certain threshold of uh, violence, I think, that is acceptable and humorous to them, and then there's mm -hmm. other ones that are not, although I can't... Most of those just involve blown spots, as they go. Yes. Them. You know, yes. which is when someone tries to do a move uh, yeah. and, and winds up, you know, brutally harming the other person. There's a guy <laughs> or themselves. Yeah. Or themselves. Yes. There, and there there are a lot of those. There are a lot of those out there as well. Yeah. It's a different I mean, like that. I, whatever. It goes without saying that that kind of stuff that you and I are talking about from the late 1990s uh, is unacceptable now. It's not it doesn't. Uh, yeah. doesn't make people giggle quite as much anymore. It's like the Eddie Murphy delirious effect. Exactly. Yes. You know, where... Whereas that, like, I'm assuming with you, like, I, when I was a kid, I couldn't imagine anything, anything funnier than Eddie Murphy delirious. Yeah. Like, we talked about it so much as children at school, repeating right. things. And, yeah. yeah, that's exactly what it's like. And if, you, if that came out on Netflix today, what would the, how would it be? I mean, I think as long as... Maybe you took out the whole the, thing, no, the, the whole, whole thing. thing, and just replaced it with the video of him driving a trans person <laughs> to a safe location. Yeah. Yes. You know. <laughs> yeah, to a safe location. Is that? Yeah, it was? wasn't the thing. Let me like, get you to a safe they found location. him with. Uh, I don't even know if it wasn't a transgender person. It was yeah. someone who was, you know, uh, I don't. 
even want to get into it. I, I don't. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yes, I think that's such a great, that is an absolutely accurate description of that kind of, like that ECW wrestling, which was so massively influential in my brain. You know what I mean? Like, well, I for, think it was influential on our culture. And that's the yeah. problem is like, don't you think there's this weird thing where there's so much culture that's like really transgressive and you feel like, yes, you feel like unique, like you're part of people who like kind of like you kind of like it, but you're kind of fascinated by how yes. brutal it is. Yep. But then a lot of that stuff wind up becoming so culturally influential that you go, oh, no, no. Oh no no! What? Why did I participate in this? <laughs> well, like, with that one, like in that in particular, like can, I, you must remember loud and clear the chance of she's a crack whore, she sucks dick. Like I remember, time. you suck dick. You yeah, suck there, dick. You suck in, dick. But yeah. the, there's so much with the, of the venom was directed at the the women, like at the right. female valets. And that she's a crack whore thing was, and it was like people were just in the best moods of their lives, sing, like chanting along together. <laughs> I mean, you know? admittedly, a lot of these people were in Philadelphia, 100%. which is a well-known yeah. place. You know, yeah. Well, Philadelphia bore that whole culture. That type yeah. of 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 fan, I think, came from that. Yes. Yeah. But it but it definitely seemed to uh, be contagious in Buffalo at the Burt Flickinger Center, nineteen ninety nine, when you and <laughs> Where, I were there. Prodigy of Mob Deep was wandering the. Yes, he was. He was at the show. That's right. Yeah, looking cool, had yep. a tiny guy, but looking yep. cool. Yep. And we did not get to meet our uh, one of our favorite rappers. Still day. to this day, one of my favorite rappers. Absolutely, See, I think he's. I actually think he's. Yeah, uh, he's better than ever. I don't know if he's better than he's ever. He's a better rapper than he's ever been. <laughs> he's a better rapper than a lot of people. And he's dead, for God's sakes. Uh, yeah. I love Prodigy. Oh, See, and yeah. again, it, like with, with all like the context of so much of those lyrics, like if we're speaking of, I don't even know if that can be considered transgressive, but the violence and the the horror in those, in so much of that, his lyrics, which, and they weren't all like that, but but it was just so nicely done like just not yeah, nicely but done yeah right he word. also had a humor to it and and you totally, know yeah. like somewhat there's people you know for instance willie d from i was the about to boys. say it's not the ghetto boys <laughs> the ghetto boys like, yeah like like they had that first record is just like a lot of insanity oh, and yes. it's also so well done but you yeah. know this is the time of heavy metal this was like uh, yeah. uh, uh there was just like so much going on to contribute mm -hmm. to people's uh horror style lyrics you know like, that was shocking though and it still is like that the mind of a lunatic like sure. that song in particular yeah um you know which again and at that time like you said like the time of heavy metal the time that like you know frank zappa and twisted sister were on goddamn donahue or whatever yeah. you know defending against all that stuff uh that was shocking stuff to me like you know what i mean and some of that is still like it's just like wow like the the, the kind of like uh, I think it was the rape lyrics that are the stuff that They're the uh, ones that that don't go uh, so well. But no, but, you know, but but Bushwick Bill has like a very silly song. You know, the late great small Bushwick Bill, small yeah. rapper, late LGS, late great small. Yeah, <laughs> he uh, had that song called uh, I think it was called Chucky, and it was where yes. he like identified 
with uh, the doll Chucky from the Child's Play series. The murderous doll. Yeah. Also and small. It, yes, it was a perfect storm. Yeah. And he yeah. he uh, had that line in it where he's like, 9,000 missiles blew a little girl's back off. And it's just like, <laughs> what? Are, I wanted I mean, I, to like, see food, that, so I like, fished in a child's head. Right, <laughs> it's just right. like, Jesus. Oh my God, it's yeah. like he is saying the grossest stuff, but it's yeah. so ludicrous that, like, yes. where is he going to get 9,000 missiles? I don't know. I have no idea. But... There, but there were like kind of like you know some of the stuff about rape in those lyrics like was just felt like a forensic report or something like you know <laughs> what I mean like where I like I was just like I, even in what even in in 1989 or whenever it was the first time that I heard it or you know I remember being like I don't think I like that particular song I love this though like you know yeah well also that song happens to be like pretty amazing unfortunately without yeah. that you know. And yeah. that's also the song where he goes, uh, uh, Scarface says that stuff about uh, killing cops or whatever, like some crazy line about yeah. killing cops. But yeah. anyway, so you're, this is where we get into the, yeah. the, the, the difficulty of, of honing in on something because you're a huge wrestling fan. You've been to Japan to see wrestling. You've been I to have, yeah. Hawaii to see wrestling. I've worked in it for God's sakes. You've refereed in wrestling. Yeah. You, uh, uh, but then also you're a movie fan, and we're both movie right. fans. And then yep. also you have all these bands that I want to talk. I know. About. So when yeah. you were so like, I was stuff. like, yeah. you gotta go on the podcast. You're like, well, what am I gonna talk about? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how we hone in. But the new Beast okay. music record. Yes. Is okay. Very new good. Beast music record. I listened to it. Good. I really like it. Thanks. I, you asked us to make a video dancing to one of our favorite songs. I did. Have not done it yet, but it nope. could happen. Okay. I'm well, sorry just see how I you haven't feel. done it yet. No, don't like, be sorry. Don't feel good. Um, no, that, um, yeah, that album is, is, so do you want me to tell you how that came about? Yes. Do you? Because it's actually interesting. Like, so. You were about you to all, tell me why you got Francis and how I will. I'm going to tell you, but. Yeah. It was interesting, though, because, you know, I had stopped uh, doing music for a long period of time, right? Like, there, um, you know, the, just, per, in, like, I had, uh, I had quit, right? Like, I had decided that I was never going to do any music again, you know, like, from probably, like, 2016 onwards, just because I had, I just had so much trouble with depression, right? Right, like, yeah. Um, and so, you know, and, and, and so much happened you know in the in the in the in those years um that you know just just like everybody like everybody goes through lots of different ups and downs and so i i did and somehow like i in the course of coming out of a a great depression not the great depression but no. my own personal like most difficult time um i reached out to uh, my friend jim from who we, I went to high school together. We had our very first band called Goat Dance. Of course. Um, well, whatever. I had other little bands as a as a 12-year-old. Um, but um, so we had like a punk rock band and I reached out to him and and our mutual friend, Ben Joseph, yes. who is were a guy that you've you've worked with and yes, uh, a writing you know, being partner. a friend of mine. Pardon me? A writing partner. 
writing partner? Yes, Ben is a writer and Jim is a high school teacher. So the three of us just started doing, you know, I just picked up drums again and we started doing some jamming. And Jim, being a high school English teacher, like has all these, I mean, he just has this bizarre array of former students who do all these amazing things as they become, you know, adults and stuff. So one of his former students, Francis, uh, had moved to the city of Toronto for the first time, I think. And they were still somehow in contact. And we said, like, you know, she said she'd like to do some music. So she came out to rehearsal. And uh, yeah. And she brought her buddy, whose name is Brady, and he plays saxophone. Anyways, we just decided to do a song. And it turned into like, hey, why don't we make a band with these people? Because Francis is an incredible, in my mind, like she's just an amazing songwriter, lyricist, performer, et cetera, et cetera. She and has we a just great hit it presence off. and she sounds she amazing is, yeah. on, on the album and also Thanks, live. And yeah. uh, I think she's really uh, got something good. And I just think that's, I had no idea that she was a student of mm -hmm. uh, Jim's. That is yeah. so weird to be Isn't in. it weird? Does he yeah. ever go like, Francis, you're grounded. Uh, no, but she she called him Mr. Marchment for like the first few, at least weeks or few, first few practices, you know, and uh, she doesn't anymore. Now she but does she gym. throw like spitballs and stuff? No, it sounds like her time as a student and maybe one day you'll talk to her. Her time as a student was challenging at best. And uh, it sounds like Jim was just a very good supportive teacher during a... Uh, what sounds like a drunken odyssey through high school or a very difficult time in, in you know, the, we had uh, that in, in our high school, a couple of people who maybe were more like substance users, students, you mm -hmm. know, there yeah. were a couple of teachers who seemed like they took interest in those kids and just kind yeah. of like were checking up on them and in touch with them. It must be with nice. Jim. It's like, it sounded like he, and I will say this, and I think everybody who knows him would say the same, like he, his, his patience, like his just general patience and his demeanor does not change. And his patience does not falter. I mean, obviously we all have limits, but it sounded like she could just like, and would just storm into his class when it, she wasn't in it and say mm -hmm. like, I just got kicked out or the principal just did this or whatever. And he'd just look up and say, okay, well, you can sit in the back of the class and Hang be quiet. Up. You know, yeah. And he wasn't, I think the fact and again i'm telling somebody else's story the fact that he was not judgmental etc during a time that could have been like a ripe for people to be you know finger pointing at her uh i it sounds like he he helped her a lot uh, well, at least you, that way do you think that tough love is overrated and nice love is underrated yes I think exactly that. And I know you're saying it to be no, funny. I'm not saying it to Are be funny. Are you not saying it to be funny? Don't you think, I think that, don't you think I, think that I would love, believe something like that based on how we I operate? think tough love is fucking bullshit. Uh, I've never seen it. And I know there'll be people who will say like, I'm glad for the, you know, authoritarian teacher or parent or whatever. I, you know what? I, what, what the fuck am I? I don't know anything. I, from my experience in observing well, for the last. You, you're a parent. Of you, I am know, a parent. You've yeah. Volunteered. You've dealt with depression. You've dealt with I, probably tough love and nice love. And I have a yeah. feeling you prefer yeah. nice love. I do. I do. I do. I do. I do. And it's, you know, and whatever. Yeah. Uh, not whatever. I prefer yes, nice I, love. Yeah. I'm sure you do. Like, I Thank mean, you. I don't get the impression like, you know, and again, I don't know if you want to talk about this, but I mean, I, I get the impression that that's more of what your experience was growing up, like in your 
family and stuff, right? Yes and no. Was there a no. bit of both? Okay. Yeah, just because I think, you know, up until the kind of 2000s era kids, it's just mm -hmm. like parents really had uh, the idea of their children's like long-term security yeah. was like paramount. Yes. So if they saw you doing stuff that went away from that or something, they would get concerned. Yeah. But yes, it was mostly nice love. Okay. And you know, a lot of like the best part is when relationships kind of evolve. And I think with my parents, mm. they gave me a lot of space. As you know, I was like yeah. a 13 year old yeah. hanging out with you at yeah. the time, a 22 year old or something. Yeah. Yeah. 21. And, and, and you know, <laughs> you would you're... come to my house. I lived on Manning Avenue with, um, at the time, my girlfriend, Deb Inglis, yes. who was a buddy of yours, yes. and Brooke Ray Fogel, and I can't yes. remember who else was in the house, was, was Brian there at that time? Yes, probably Brian Parsons, uh, the guitarist in our band, Killer Elite, yeah. Brian Parsons was um, also there. And you would come and knock on the door, mm -hmm. and you'd have a bag of candy from the 7-Eleven at the corner. And you'd just be like, hey, you and Andrew, Andrew Mosinski, yeah. Andrew Gunn, would yeah. come in and just be like, hey, we brought treats. And then you would just sit on the floor while we would like drink and watch TV or whatever. And yeah, you were just, it was, uh, it was quite, I, I, now that I think about it, it's quite adorable, actually. It's quite cute well, that you guys just tapped on the door with a bag of candy. We would do that. You know, we'd wander the downtown city streets and just do a treat every day like an opposite Halloween where we knocked on doors with candy to <laughs> no, give I don't. to adults. Yes, you did. You came and give, you came and brought candy <laughs> to adults, approximately like 70 cents worth in a paper bag. <laughs> Yeah, this is in '90s dollars too. This is yes, this is in '90s dollars. Yeah, that's but, a funny way that we got to know each other. Actually, yeah, like, that's well, funny. You were but in you Grasshopper. Really wanted to, you wanted to know Devin Brooke, right? Like, yeah. Devin, well, Andrew and I both. Well, no, it was a mixture of things. We knew Devin Brooke first. Uh, yeah. You know, because they had they had a very successful fanzine. They had a great fanzine called they had Corpus. A basic Amazing yeah. fanzine, lots of really interesting, good music uh, and other stuff yeah. discussed in it, and uh, and we and they also had a column in Exclaim magazine, yeah. the newspaper, an advice at that time. An advice, that, and we would read Ask that. Devin Brooke. Yes, yeah. and we would read that as well as the director yeah. Bruce Bruce's column that was in there. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we just really, you know, I was naive. Maybe Andrew was, but it was just like. If something w had been made, I didn't really yeah. distinguish it from whether it was a Hollywood movie or like a zine, you know, right. that someone yes. made. Because <laughs> I like that. The, if something had been made, you mean if yeah. it was a tactile thing? Like if if some, it was, yeah, if someone did something that was expressing anything, yeah. I yeah. was like, how did you do that? Or yes. more so like, this is very impressive, you did that. And then uh, we went and saw a concert the first one i went to was like all local bands but it was at a big venue the palladium yep. i believe and mm -hmm. grasshopper i think played the grunge we did play the we, grunge yeah, be yeah the, before christmas the grunge the grunge that stole christmas or whatever the fuck it was yeah, yeah and it was primarily local bands yeah and primarily people i would either be in bands with or work at a warehouse with but at the time <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. like 11 bands. At the time, yeah. I saw this and I thought I was seeing, you know, uh, Sars Stock or something. Sars Stock, like, yeah. Like, well, that was an Elliot Lefko show, I believe. Yeah, and he's... Elliot Lefko. He's yeah. a big timer, you know? Yeah. He's with... And, yeah, 
I yeah. yeah that so I played drums in a band called Grasshopper that day. Is that did I meet you that day? No, I think I met you at a different show that Grasshopper played because we went up kind of following around Grasshopper because your band named Grasshopper it was no coincidence. You sort of your aesthetic was kind of like we're a grunge band, a local grunge band. Yes. Your aesthetic was we're local. Yeah. <laughs> And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you sure. had this heavy duty merch situation. Oh my where god. You yeah. had like now you combined... I, I want to qualify that this was not me. This was like, you know, that all the genius of the the guy who now calls himself Grasshopper, Grasshopper and yes. owns Grasshopper Records, uh yes. Derek. And he man, that guy was so much more um what is the word that I'm looking for? He he uh had it together with regards to an aesthetic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Much more so. And he was very ambitious. Comic and books great. plus rap yes. plus yes. weed. Yeah. Market it. You know. Yes. Now the rap thing was kind of I only say that because you had a Wu Tang shirt on the one of I the did. first times I remember talking to you. Yeah. And you and guys well, would Derek, fill up the opera house in Toronto. Yeah. You guys would, we would. were doing very well. Yeah. The kids loved yeah. you. Oh my god, literally kids loved us. Like you. We were like kids. Your age, like the amount of fan mail that he would get, like just actual letters from like, hi, I'm 12, hi, I'm 13, hi, I'm 14. Like, you know what I mean? It was nuts. Like, you no. know, whatever. It's not huge, but I mean, he had a P.O. box and it was full on a regular basis and he'd go and open it multiple times a week. So yeah, he was a beloved figure. Absolutely. Were people sending him weed? No, they were just sending him letters and stickers and their fanzines. I mean, we definitely got given weed a lot at shows because that was the aesthetic, like Grasshopper, yeah. like, you know, the weed thing. And it's then the hip hop cool, thing right? was huge, right? Yeah. Because I don't think they were, I mean, you can correct me. I'm, I'm probably wrong, but like he really, really was very adamant on bringing a hip hop aesthetic to this kind of local grunge rock deal that I don't think some other bands like whoever the other bands were, Satan Atras or whoever, Fled Camp and stuff. No, that they was not part of what they were doing, you know. No. And, and, and he uh, also had the dreads, like he had those like pretty, uh, you know, giant. Uh, giant dreads. He didn't have the stringy, shitty, like usual white dread dreads. He had, and he like, had a tattoo on his stomach that said Ponda River. Right. No, he did not. <laughs> okay, sorry. I <laughs> but he did have, guy. he had like, you know, not Bob Marley, you know, grade, but very nice dreads. Yeah. I think at that time, all of his internet passwords were skylarking. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, we, there, if, had there be the internet at that point, I wonder. I wonder. But anyways, yes, that was a band that played to some big shows and you came to. And then and we then, can't, came and hung out with you guys tons. and You did. Yeah. Th then we started I believe the Stooges you did, cover band. You did Hot Knives at my house well that is a that is a, a, a see i don't really want to get you charged <laughs> with giving minors drugs i didn't say i gave it to you i said I uh, we found the knives it. you brought these we knives found, that we brought fire. the hash yeah. and the knives and then <laughs> yeah. we so, drove yeah. you to an ed wood uh triple feature and watched all three of those movies those movies being plan nine for outer space yeah. Glenn Jail or Glenda, Bates, I believe, and Glenn or Glenda. Yes. Uh, so yeah, you and I did a Stooges cover band called White Gold All Stars. Mm. It was called White Gold because Brian and I, you know this, right? Well, that means cocaine. We were, no, because we were avid sperm donors to make money. Oh, right. So and we you were called always calling it, White it the White Gold. gold. Yeah. Oh God, so. that's disgusting. Oh my God. <laughs> you didn't know no. that that's what the fucking band was that you were in. So the White Gold All Stars were you, me. 
Simon, I don't know, a million people. There's like a fucking 11 people in it. Yeah, and we never played a show, I don't think. No, you. we played my, um, the, the whatever, like bachelor, bachelorette party for when mm. Deb and I got married. We right, went and yeah. did a few. There was some bands, but then oh, maybe we didn't. Fuck, maybe we didn't. I don't know. But I know we did some Stooges songs. But it became night. the Killer Elite. That was became the Killer Elite. Yeah. The, the two, you and me were the two lead singers. Yeah. And a bunch of these hired hands. Let's <laughs> know our friends were playing good, with. No, us. that was a good band, man. Like that, I, that was at, at the very least fun. Like, well, I, I have I, footage what, that I'm so close oh, yeah, to yeah, getting to of one of our thing. Elma combo shows, and it was yeah. a show where I was wearing. You remember, I had that like weird. It was a great top somebody gave me. It was like a leather shirt, button-up shirt that had like metal buttons. And it was a show where I was wearing this. Was button. it black? Sorry, yeah. is it a black shirt with the yes? It was okay, black. Yeah. And uh, and it's a show where I wore that. I think at the Elma Combo, and and so mm-hmm. I'm very excited to see that. And people were really thrilled by. I think just well, you were bringing in like a res- wrestling aesthetic, and you wanted yeah. to do sort of the kind of craziness that was basically happening in ECW. Yes. Um, yeah. Like and you, I, I, you dressed like Sabu, the wrestler. Mm-hmm. At yeah. some point, that started happening, like yeah. maybe midway through the band. <laughs> yeah, I had the headdress on and all that stuff for sure. Yeah, I had the, I bought like black, like um, like silky pajama bottoms. Like you know what right? I mean? Like, yeah. Which and you had you also don't forget you had the prop cutlass yeah. that you would sometimes oh, yes. use to hit audience members. Yes, <laughs> I did talk have about that. things yeah. not being allowable now. Yes. How many bands, my question is, how many bands have like super interactive lead singers anymore? You know, I don't know. When we were coming up, when we were coming up in the minors yeah. and then before we got to the majors, <laughs> uh, yeah. like I definitely, because I saw singers like John Brannon in, in yes. Laughing Aenas, Shannon and from the band The Cows, David Yao for sure. David from- Yao. Yeah. And then lots of local punk bands, yeah. you know, where that was just happening. Yeah, it and, just seemed like that's And what bands like New Bomb Turks, you know, even right. who had a very kind of Eric Davidson, the singer, was like always in the crowd. So I was just like, mm-hmm. what I'll do is always go in the crowd. And yeah. our shows had an element of that New Jack thing where yes. like we would just be in the crowd for a lot of it and you'd be, yeah. you know pile driving audience members <laughs> I, yes the, I, the amount of like stuff like i mean i don't think we ever re- i mean hopefully we didn't like severely hurt anybody i don't the one think thing, so the, remember the time that you actually got angry do you know what i'm gonna say yeah i was gonna tell this story okay all right go ahead you tell it well maybe we can share and, and i think about it, i can picture your face right now and i feel like I'm so lucky and you're so lucky that that didn't actually work. So <laughs> so basically you were like, okay, we're going to play a show and uh, I, maybe we haven't practiced enough. So I, we got to do something big here. No, I, you're just like, it didn't matter if we practiced a million no, times. No. You, you really just wanted to add to the shows. You were like, what we're going to do is we're going to start the show and we're going to like drink lighter fluid and spit it out, and then with like just a regular lighter, we're yes. gonna, we're gonna uh, spit fire, yeah. spit fire at the crowd, basically. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or it at the ceiling. So fucking perfectly like legitimate at the time. Now, first I, of all, any show I've been at where something I, like that has happened <laughs> has been immediately shut down. 
<laughs> yeah. Yes. Most shows I've been to, maybe not one that was at a giant venue where there was a bit more space. Obviously, before the Great White thing stop oh yeah that's, <laughs> yeah you know uh, that's that wasn't funny but i re i can remember our drummer marco after the great white thing saying like coming to me and saying look man after this great white thing no more fire and i was like all right, right. and yeah. uh so you were like we're gonna blow fire and i was like i really don't feel comfortable doing this i have yeah. issues with motor skills <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. you know it seems yeah. very like something could go wrong very easily here with yes. like untrained fire breathers just deciding to do that. <laughs> so, I, and I will say I never practiced it. Either. That's what I'm saying. Untrained I fire breathers. <laughs> so uh, we play the show and I'm like expecting it not to involve fire breathing. And right yeah. at the beginning, you yeah. spit the fire, The you sort of face me. Yeah, I can picture your face right around. now, man. And <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I'm laughing, but I, I and you know, try to I light know. the lighter. It's funny. Well, yeah. the truth is the fire that comes out when you fire breathe isn't quite as crazy, I think, as like yeah. normal fire. But I am not a doctor. And if someone's listening and knows yeah. that that's, <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming it's still yeah. fire. Yeah. So, uh, and you spat it at me, you tried to light it. It yep. did not light, so my entire face just got soaked in basically gasoline, yes. and my eyes were stinging, and yes. then I had to play, like, a 40-minute show with you. Yes. I, I, yes. <laughs> I, is it fair to say, like, that that was the most angry that you got, like, in that band? Yes. Or is there other stuff that I don't up? remember being that mad about other things. No. There well, remember when things... Brian was mad when you fucking slammed his car door? Like, remember he would get mad when, in his mind, you slammed his door too loud? Well, I would, yeah, I would leave the car and slam the door, unaware I'd done that. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's kind of like dropping yeah. and like leaving animal uh, spore, you know, with picking yeah. up your dog, but you don't yeah. pick it up. Like, you leave and someone else gets mad. Like, that was what yes. happened. So I was never really aware of how angry I <laughs> I'm Later sorry. on, he got a Prince Albert. So, he did. you know, I'd like to I've think seen I it contributed to that. Times, man. I used to go to the gym with him quite a bit, and it was on full display, you know. Uh, yeah. Anyways, yeah, he did. I've been he watching did. Oz, and as soon as the scripts start sort of slipping around mm -hmm. season four, four in mm -hmm. the middle of it, like, suddenly you realize they were like, we got to put dicks in, like, every episode. Cause, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, and look, you're fucking hooked again. You're watching it over, no, over no. and over again. It no? was only good for the first. It's got a little better, but it takes some major dips. Okay, um, I, I have to say, I do not remember. I watched it once, and I think that was well. You'll you'll come yeah. over once this all blows over, and we'll watch yeah. an episode, season six episode. Okay, so, so Killer Elite. So Killer Elite. Yeah, that was a, so Yeah, that was an all, all mm -hmm. action. All the time. Visceral. Lots of unaddressed issues with many of the participants. And yes. so it was a, we were very uh, ambitious and, you know, trying to do lots of things. But then there was a problem where a lot of people didn't want to be in the band when they were in the band. Yeah. <laughs> or just a few crucial members would sort of be like dipping in, dipping out. Yes. You know, yes. Brian yeah. was in, he was out. Our yep. friend Phil was in, and he, he, was he, out. Qu yeah. he quit in like a really funny way where he left like a 
an angry uh, note for you or something on yeah. a he, he, park he, bench. Yes. And then he passed away, which was horrible. he did. And yes, yeah. he did. He did. He did. Um, but he, uh, I put a piece of a table that Sabu went through in his grave, actually, because he loved, you know, Sabu. Yeah, Sabu. no, I did. Just didn't know you do this. I, I did. Understand. Yeah. So when he went, when he was, I buried it with him. I asked his parents if I could. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So anyways, so, um, Yes, we had, yeah, like, I mean, at the end, and then we had our, well, we had our tour booked. Our, well, yeah, that's, that was sad. We booked a tour with the band Zeke, and then, yes. right, and by basically, we, Allison Baker, our friend Allison, good, former yeah. guest on this podcast. This is a oh, podcast cool. that we're doing. I know yeah. it feels like we're at a, some sort of a party just telling somebody about yes. each one of us <laughs> in a disorienting <laughs> way. Else? We did. Endless yeah. disorienting way. But yeah, Allison, uh, yeah, she booked this tour for us with a band she was friends with, I was kind of friends with. uh, And then essentially, well, there was also a bit of a wrench thrown into the sound closer to the end where uh, a a Cuban conga player was uh, suddenly thrown into the mix, adding to our tribe, uh, adding a tribalistic element to our sound. I, I forgot that he actually that Julio came and started playing with us. I forgot all yeah, about Julio that. Julio started playing with yeah. us. Yeah. And then Julio had this thing where he, <laughs> you get him started on those drums. He yeah. is not stopping the drums. So it was just like no. every yeah. song would have like. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> very strange. Great, great conga player though. Great conga player. <laughs> and then. <laughs> and then. I think eventually all these people left the band and in, yeah. and then in the end we were trying to go on tour with like you, me, Marco, a drummer. And I think was it not did, Marco? Yeah, Marco. Okay, and I yeah, yeah. think, but there was also a point of time in time where Marco quit the band or something and yeah. someone was drumming for us and he oh, secretly God. showed up and taped, taped the show. Oh, right. I forgot all about that. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. Dude, that the ending of that band is just and I will. And this is not an excuse, but like I was, uh, yeah, very having some troubles. You were in a bit of a reckless. uh, You know what it was? It was very it's all very simple. It's like if you drink uh, too much uh, during a band, being in a band, it's it's Mm going to be trouble. You know, it's yeah. just that that yes. simple, especially yeah. if, if you're like, in, you know, in a period of time where we're trying, we like there was so much less infrastructure then. And, you, yeah. you know, our bands were sort of you, it wasn't like the punk bands where there was a bit of a kind of circuit to do shows now, and yeah, that's youth true. centers and stuff. It was literally like we don't know how to go on tour in the U.S. We don't really know how to go on tour in Canada, but no. we really want to have an album and we really want to make this work. And yes. then it just is hard, you know, it's like, yes. and it, it was also something where I think that when I listen to our music now, it's like we were, we were basically doing sixties garage rock. Yes. But, yeah. but which was, you know, cause of our bassist, I think wound up moving mm-hmm. in that direction a lot of ways. Yeah. But 
in our minds, you know, we saw felt a lot of other influences, you know, for like, sure. Yeah. Like, whether it was Alice Cooper, which is obviously very close yeah. to 60s garage rock, but it's not quite the same, you know, like no. we were like in the like the Trogs or something, you know, it yeah. sounded more like. Or, yeah, like it's funny because I, and I, I always thought that we were in the Stooges, you know what I mean? Like or whatever, our version of it. But, you know. Um, but yeah, I think we just right. outsmarted ourselves a little bit, you mm. know, which is a bit of a maybe over compliment to our smarts. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I don't know how much I don't know how much we were running on smarts at that. But, you know, point. we had people give us uh, we we, had, we did some stuff and it was over, yeah. and then the yeah. next band was called Burning. Yes, with the same conga player. Yep. Yes, and with my good friend Maylin Ortega who now plays with me in my current band, Bad, my other band, Bad Breed. Other current so, band, Bad Breed. Other current band. And, and then I you was were there. initially in the mix, and then you guys and said, then, you know what, this is a one vocalist this band. This is a one vocalist band, yes. And I had to make the fateful phone call, and I, I, yeah, I hope you're, I don't think you missed a lot. I mean, we, didn't, <laughs> we didn't do a ton, so well, yeah. Well, we played, it was really funny, because, you know, our bands, the band before our whole rep was like, this is aggressive and driving yeah. and you're going to have a crazy time at the show. Yes. And, uh, you might get covered in beer. So mm -hmm. then we like had this other band and our first show. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember that for the first show at the Silver Dollar Room, you actually built, like we built a section of <laughs> to add to the stage? Did we? Yes. We Why? Built, we built like a sort of wooden pallet that we That then... thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yes. Yes. <laughs> I remember that Deb built a huge paper mache skull head yes. for me to come out in. Like we, <laughs> there was some building being done. Did Mar Marco must have built that thing. I think so. He's yeah, a carpenter type. But yeah. uh <laughs> and and we played to this like at that point at our I'd kind of might have even been in brutal nights i think you were yeah and doing yeah. comedy so i knew all these punks yeah. so all those brutal nights fans come yeah. to the burning show our sound at that point was had been sort of switched to this what would you call it like afro-cuban bruce springsteen what's yeah. that band you like from the 60s grass are they called the grassroots the grassroots yeah. yeah yeah like you midnight covered, confession yes yeah. covered midnight and so yeah. we're playing the Congo solos like yep. 95 minutes alone. <laughs> and there's some sort of acapella harmonizing. Yeah, they didn't come to see that. Yeah. And so so immediately the new band loses its entire fan, the old band's yes. entire fan base. Yes. And exactly. then it's just <laughs> kind of show. Yeah. picking it up from scratch. <laughs> uh, yeah. But then it's, I think it's a great story, you know, because there's this, huge long period of like you doing a bunch of stuff getting involved in lots of different things difficulty stuff you know like obviously you know deb died a while ago yes and yeah it was terrible and um bad breed and uh um beast music started mm -hmm. happening more and both bands mm -hmm. i don't mean to gloss over that our friend and your wife died. yeah well no i like clarify yes yeah. my first wife deb english yes, died at wife. the end of 2017 and right. that was so yeah and that and i had not been doing any music i we, the two of us were had lots of mental health problems at the same time unfortunately yeah uh and then after that happened uh 
mean, whatever. We could do a whole podcast. Yeah, whatever. no, I mean, the, the, it was the, a very, let's put it this way. That was the most sobering, literal sobering thing that ever, you know, as you can probably imagine, can that ever happened. And yeah. uh, somehow, yeah, I came, came out looking to do something came out looking to do things like looking to do find the find people again yeah. like to, to be with people again. yeah yeah because in those i was living in la for a period of that time and yeah you know i was tr i was in touch with you but you were you were all over the uh i was very place. loose yeah uh, no i, I, mean, I even I, just that you were aloof it's like there were just a you weren't all at all that aloof i remember having lots of conversations when we could but there would be a lot of times you'd be like i can't talk to you man i'm uh you know there was crisis, a lot of crisis. Yeah, there was a lot of crisis. A lot of yeah. chaos, you know? And, and <clears throat> yes. With that lowering, and, you know, it was so amazing uh, coming back to Toronto because you were so helpful for me when I was, like, losing my shit when I first right. came back. And Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you were definitely... Uh, it's very nice to see you uh, being you, you know, now. Yeah. Because I know how old... you had so much... Yeah, I know that it was so difficult when you came home. So drained. It was just so yeah. Yeah. overwhelming and tiring. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, so you were like super helpful taking me to like the gym and uh, the <laughs> yeah. mental hospital. Right. <laughs> yes, that too. Yeah. You know, uh, the that's funny. Drugs. Just fun. the drug story. Yeah. I'm, yeah. But your sandwich. No. But um, you did buy me a sandwich. I for some I reason, didn't. think about that sometimes. That, that sandwich was... at the corner of Spadina and College? Yeah, the sandwich Yeah, every place time that's... I drive by it, I just think, yeah, Nick had a sandwich. <laughs> well, because, like, that place has been there forever, and okay, I never yeah. was like, oh, I want to go into that sandwich yeah. place. I was just like, huh. A yeah. sort of upper, like, a, uh, not Subway-style sandwich place. No, it, was, it looked nicer. I'm sure it was delicious. I did not even have a bite. Very helpful at the time. And, so, yeah, uh, like, I mean, a lot... A lot happened. There was definitely, yes, there was a solid pack of years there where things were uh, very, very, for, for me, like everything is relative, very, very difficult. And uh, yeah, and music and, and just, yeah, it sounds, it sounds ridiculous and trite, but finding like music and, and meeting these new people like Francis and getting, you know, reacquainted with Mei Lin um and you know just all the different people cat like you know cat sorry these are all the people in two different bands but you know we re getting re in touch with jim from you know my first band uh mm. you know ben all those uh, like everybody uh that's right you had two sort of old friends in the band uh that band yeah. with you and then your other yeah. band had uh other people you knew pretty yeah. well in it yeah. And, and then, then I got to meet these new people like that, like meeting Francis was like a life changing thing because Francis is again, like more like, you know, Francis is in her very early twenties. I'm in my late forties, but you know, I, I've been able to relate to her, uh, in a pretty, you know, in a very, very meaningful way. She's just, you know, she's, we have a lot of stuff in common and we're just, you know, she's just, uh, she's just become a, a delight in my, uh, you know, just a delightful person to get to know. And, oh yeah. I think, I think she's a yeah. great person and a great yeah. front person and, you yes. know, uh, she's got a wonderful energy and uh, she does. Yeah. I really don't. I, 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 I can't. I, and I've been lucky enough to see a billion beast music shows, which is maybe not a billion, maybe four, mm -hmm. but uh, <laughs> no, a bunch of beast music yeah. shows. And uh, 
it's been really cool seeing the live show evolve because in a lot of ways, I think that the recordings are a bit easier to kind of rein in, you know, like, right. Cause you're yeah. practicing and recording was going on for so long. It's like, that seems to be something that was under control and the live shows were always really good. It's just that yeah. they've improved, uh, greatly. Yes. Uh, and, uh, it was, it was even cool seeing the best thing about it all was just like, you know, I got to help out a little bit, like getting you, you guys did. sorted out with shows yeah. off the top. Which was awesome. And thank you. Well, that. I just, I just was so happy because it was something that I could try to get people to know about. Yeah. And, uh, I didn't have to lie. You know, I just mm -hmm. had to say, not that I always have to lie. I haven't, don't really do this for bands normally, mm -hmm. but it's like, I could email people who knew you already and yeah, yeah. because of all your work in Toronto and bands. And I'd just be like, Griffin has a new band. You should hear it. It's got this kind of different thing going on. The singer has this, it almost has like a, I don't even know what you can compare it to. Like what she's doing. I don't really know a lot of band, like Detroit Cobras. It's like one of my mm -hmm. only you know, it's mm -hmm. basically at times it would be like this almost like sultry kind of blues singing that, that, yeah. that uh, Francis adds to it. And the the sound still has that garage rock element. You have a really talented mm -hmm. saxophonist. Um, yeah. And you have been working really hard on the drums. So I know, have. <laughs> so, so and because you're this driving force in the band, it's like this extra weird quality because you're sort of like a front person who is in the back <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes i mean like i mean exactly it's back to that thing that you and i had which is like the kind of two front people but francis is definitely the front front person because she's yeah. like first of all she towers over everybody else yeah she's, she's like you know 11 feet tall yeah and it's all feet yeah there's no yeah. body it's just all feet. and she's yeah and she's just yeah she's just got this uh, an energy that is you know is pretty singular so it's it's yeah it's pretty amazing and it was cool because when she'd never actually done a like a band band before and stuff or done studio or any stuff for sh mm -hmm. like sh shows so yeah we always talked at the beginning just like if she walks out of this and like you know get gets or has a, a better grasp of like to how to like you know lead a band then that's amazing but anyways we got mm -hmm. to do a lot more than just that so it's cool well yeah i mean what i was gonna say is like Oh, I, I got people, I, you know, unfortunately with bookers and stuff, you kind of have to hound them. And yep. then, so I'd, I'd kind of send multiple emails to people. Be like, you got to check did, this yes. out. And then eventually they'd, you'd get on some show, especially this is with Dan Burke, the promoter. With Dan Burke, like yes. Yeah. And, and, and they'd be like, and the shows would go great. And they'd be like, okay, let's do another show with you, which is just what you want when you're doing a band. It's probably yeah. not something, you know, that a ton of people who are 48 and have been doing music for a long time to various degrees of success mm -hmm. to even have that drive to do that is like kind of yeah. a unique thing. And well, obviously you yeah. having the younger people in the yeah, band. It's, that's been so huge because Francis yeah. is just like, committed she's like this is what i'm doing i am doing music and i'm like great well so am i you know like now let's do it together and yeah it's so funny and in like thanks to you we got to do those cool shows like through you know dan burke and stuff like that and then we but we also play these other crazy shows we've been playing with like amazing like 
hardcore bands and, you know, just all kinds of different stuff. Which again like, is you, another good thing about younger people being in the band is yeah. they, they know this yeah. whole other pool of people. And I know yeah. as we're going it's to shows great. Yeah. and just being like, wow, like this is great because it's evidence of the local scene back yes. when we used to have live shows. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, back before we used to remember they would show video uh, like computer commercials like 10 years ago where it would be like everyone's on a webcam and they're like playing uh, you know uh, don't worry be happy together in like different countries or something <laughs> yes. different instruments it's like that's yeah. what we're gonna have to start doing yeah well we're we literally we just did a song like where i did i recorded the drums on my phone in the rehearsal space i sent it francis did the vocals and acoustic you know we sent it to everybody and it actually sounds it sounds fucking cool. Like Jim mixed it. We got our friend Lauren from the band Monstrosa. I don't. She played guitar with us at the show that we remember that crazy show at the Cameron House that was super oversold. Were you at that one? Yeah, that was great. With your buddy Gus. His name Gus. So that show. Remember the one where the fucking people like who they Monstrosa. This crazy like. Uh, all-female metal band led by our friend Lauren Price uh, played that show and they just have like a rabid fan base. Anyways, she she played guitar on our on this crazy quarantine track that we did and we're going to make a, like one, a wacky Zoom video out of it. Right. You know what I mean? Using Pretty virtual awesome. backgrounds. <laughs> using this, like using that meme girl and all memes. kinds of stuff. Um, anyways, so... Yes, so we're doing that. Yeah, that band has been like, yeah, 100% like invigorating for me. Oh, we did a video that I didn't send you, by the way. It's for this song called Pretty When I Drown. Did I send it to you? Send like, it. Like, we actually, pardon? Send it to me. I will. You should your, check that Your anyway. promotional style, by the way, is really funny because we text a lot yep. uh, personally about lots of different friend things. Mm -hmm. And then every once in a while, I'll get a Facebook message that's just a link with yes. no, no <laughs> discussion. Through, like, just look, look at this, look. No, we did a video uh, and we got a guy named Jacob, whose name, last name I can't remember. So a bunch of film students, like last year film students, final mm -hmm. year film students. And we rented the Grand Girard Theater in mm -hmm. February. And we did uh, a video that I'm like super, super proud of and happy with. And it just turned out amazing with this cool concept that Francis had. And I won't say anything more because it's actually got a cool little weird twist. And it's actually, it's really interesting. So I'll send it to you. Send it to me. We'll link to I it. I will. And then also, I guess uh, your new album is called Darkness Only Knows. Why is yeah. it called Darkness Only Knows? What does because Darkness I Only Know? What does darkness only know? Because I have a list probably like you do or, you know, of stuff that I write down when I think of it for songs. And it just, to me, like, I don't know. I just thought of it one day and I just thought that'd be a wicked film noir title. You know what right, I mean? Yeah. It, it doesn't, it means nothing other than it sounds mysterious. Mm -hmm. And I just gave it to Francis and I said, like, I think this would be a cool title for something. And then she wrote the title track and yeah. And that's, and thus began our collaboration. So yeah, and I it, just it, think it's, I just think it's a cool bunch of words put together. It's nice a way. really cool record and it's really unique and it captures your sound really well. Look, so... I actually, I want to show you something. I actually have the fucking record in my car because Francis doesn't have a copy and she's now back in the city. I'm going to bring her one today. So we did it. We put it, we did a hundred copies on vinyl. Do you mind if I just say this right now? And it's not no, actually I was going to ask you about this. Yeah. If thing. you linked to our, whatever, if somebody gets in contact with me, if after this, you would like to own a copy, we're selling them for $25, but we're not actually selling them. 
during this pandemic, if you make a charitable donation to any charity for $25 or more, we will put aside one of these vinyl albums for you. And it's on pink vinyl with a bunch of full color stuff and a wicked cover and all that stuff. So yeah, we're just, we just thought, you know, uh, give money to places that might need it. Yeah. Yeah. Who Who needs it? Uh, well, Cam H needs it. Um, you could give it to, I mean, I'm, I'm sure like the Royal theater needs it. I don't know. Like I'm sure that any, any number of small businesses, uh, I've been don't like the stuff that I've donated has been to mental health charities though. So whatever what is close to your heart. The millionaires and billionaires fund of Malta. I think, <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, 25 bucks. On, I think that's, that's on my list. I just, it's not at the top, <laughs> you know? Uh, can I tell you one other thing, just since, you know, whatever? Sure. So Bad Breed has a record that we did that I'm incredibly proud of. It's called Ferocious Love. It's not out yet. I just, we put out a video for one of the tracks, like a weird kind of uh, animated video called Animal Impact. So that record, um, yeah, I'm just, whatever. You didn't ask the question, but I'm going to tell you. I, I literally wrote, I've never done this before. I always just write songs, songs, songs. But I wrote a story kind of that might sound pretentious of like sort of the end of when after Deb died basically from that point to where I am now and um which sounds dumb I don't know how else no it sounds like it sounds conceptual it is and a lot of it has to do with I I um I met a person uh I I I'm in an amazing relationship with uh, a person that was just a humongous, humongous help for me um, coming out of all the different stuff that had happened. Um, we're actually married. Her name's Amanda. Hi, Amanda. She lives mm-hmm. in New Zealand right now, and they're doing very well with the goddamn coronavirus. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of the story of, of it's it's the story of us. And uh, it's I just put an order in for 100 copies of vinyl today. We're getting it mastered this week. And I'm thrilled about that as well. So there, that's that's what I'm doing. This is why you got to make that money every day. I do have to make that money every day. I have to say, if you work, it's it's crazy, man. Like I, I could, I suppose, do many less hours and get the CERB benefit, but I'm finding it very helpful to do things every day yeah and you know it sounds like you're working enough to do better than that i am sure so i, I mean yeah if like i'm if, if, if you want to help people out drive frontline workers to and from hospitals or older yeah. people to and sometimes you know, you know hospitals sometimes sex workers sometimes people looking for cocaine sometimes people going to their fucking sisters sometimes birthday. you're just driving the virus like it doesn't seem like <laughs> it's just like yes. one of those wisps of gas with eyes and a frown in the back. <laughs> yes well let's hope it doesn't come to that but yeah hopefully that's where i have to take those fares uh hopefully i, I call those uh, fares I will too. I'm going to write it down. There's some dust on my windshield here on my uh, yeah. dashboard. I'm going to write on Farrier with an E. <laughs> I should uh, go now, Mike. I got to wrap it up. All right, let's go. Thank we've you been, for talking We've been to talking me. for a good amount of time. I don't have even we? know. Have we? How long have yeah. we been talking for? Probably like an hour and a half. Well, great. I hope there's something worthwhile listening to there. It's going to uh, be great. This has been awesome. great. You can come uh, back. No, too. I've, I've enjoyed speaking to you. Thank we you. We haven't even I mean, talked about like wrestling. We haven't even talked yeah. about uh, movies. There's a lot to talk about with movies. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. Well, who knows? And another time. Another, another time. Another time. 
Yes. Maybe, so Mike, thank yeah. you for doing this. Thank you. Is there anything you'd like to say? Thank you, Nick Flanagan. That's thank it. you, Mike. Have a good day, buddy. You too. Talk to I'll you talk soon. Talk to you later, man. Peace. Bye. Peace. And that was my talk. And that was my talk with Mike. So that's Mike Gribben. He's an interesting guy. Wrestling, depression, music, film. We got it all. History. Uh, he's really helped me out in the past and will and in the future probably too. And I hope I've been a good friend to him as well. And I think the Beast music album, Darkness Only Knows, is really worth listening to. So again, check that out at beastmusic.bandcamp.com. Stay safe. Stay at home, but go out to get some air safely. All right. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye. Oh, man. Nick. Oh, Flanagan. Oh, Weekly. Oh, man. Nick. Flanagan. Weekly.